0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Fear is growing that Greece, one of 16 countries that use the euro as currency, may default on a massive pile of debt, creating a ripple effect of problems throughout Europe and beyond. Following pressure from the European Union and the European Central Bank, the Greek government on March 3rd, announced a new round of austerity measures, the third such package, in the last six months. It includes a freeze on pensions and additional wage cuts for government workers. In addition, the top rate of the country's value-added tax will be raised from 19 to 21%, and excise taxes on alcohol, cigarettes, and fuel will be hiked for the second time in two months. Leaders of public sector labor unions reacted with outrage to the measures, saying they will harm Greece's economy, and some unions vowed to stage strikes later this month. Meanwhile, Wall Street banks are again facing scrutiny, this time for the complex financial instruments they use to allegedly disguise the country's real debt. What caused Greece's debt problem to spin out of control, and what steps should it take to remedy the situation? Wharton finance professors Richard Herring and Itai Goldstein weigh in. Uh, let 's discuss
1: some background first before we get into the austerity measures uh, mm-hmm. that Greece should take um, to to help its uh, help itself. How did Greece get into this predicament? Uh, was it a long time coming or uh, we're not? Yes, um, and it's,
2: it's really a very old-fashioned kind of crisis. It, it's a throwback to the kinds of crises we had in the 60s when we had a fixed exchange rate system in the world. And the countries we were bailing out then were the U.K. and Italy, but uh, we didn't worry so much about the less developed countries because they couldn't borrow at all. In the case of Greece, um, and Goldman is getting a lot of publicity they'd rather not have for this, Goldman Sachs that yes is. Goldman yes. Sachs um, there was a little help in uh, helping the in aiding the Greeks in, in achieving the uh, uh, entry requirements now I, in, into the eurozone into the eurozone, uh, the Maastricht Treaty set out some very strict requirements for convergence. You are supposed to have um, a budget deficit no more than three percent of GDP and I think outstanding debt, no more than 50% of GDP. The Greeks didn't quite have that situation, but um, with a little help from Goldman, uh, they could reclassify debt as an exchange forward contract, and um, they looked okay. Now, this was a wink, wink, nod, nod sort of agreement with the Europeans. I don't think anybody was fooled at the time, because the Europeans were desperate to get Greece into the Union so that it wouldn't fall back into the hands of a military dictatorship they thought it was an affront to greece and to the world that the cradle of democracy should have been controlled by a military dictatorship so there were lots of reasons to uh, make it a little easier for greece to get in the irony is that the the ruse that was used is something that was invented in europe at the very beginning of modern banking at the beginning of modern banking it was um, not only Illegal, but a mortal sin t- to lend money for interest, and so everybody wanted to disguise debt. But there was a need for debt, just as there is today, so they disguised them in foreign exchange transactions. Uh, it was not illegal to charge for moving currency from one place to another or from one currency into another, and that's essentially what the swap does. It's not. It's not a new technique. It's just got some additional bells and whistles on it okay and what greece has done is sort of run into the iron law of international finance which is everybody would like to have an independent exchange rate policy and an independent monetary policy and an independent fiscal policy but it just doesn't work you can only pick two of the three and by joining the euro they've picked two They've pegged their exchange rate, and they're stuck with European Central Bank monetary policy. That means they really have to use their fiscal policy to um, stay within the parameters that will keep them in the euro system. And it's a lesson that's uh, rung true for centuries, actually. Um, But some countries can actually do it. Another one is Latvia, which... um, Uh, actually reduced prices internally. An exchange rate really is a mechanism for equating internal and external prices so they're once again competitive. And Greece is really uh, overvalued relative to the rest of the Euro community right now. So if they could run austerity long enough to take prices down, they could make the adjustment. But there's a real question about
1: whether they have the political will Uh, the political support, or even the tools to do it. Ita, do you have anything to say in response to what Dick just discussed?
3: Um, Not a whole lot. I mean, in in general, I agree. I think uh, what happened was a simple debt swap around the time that they wanted to join the uh, European Union. Um, Artificially, it looked like the debt is is lower than what it is. It, It is kind of similar to just an off-balance sheet debt that, that we saw in some of the corporate crisis in the We should remember US. that this
2: happened, too, in 2001. And it was before the Enron explosion. It was before that, right? It was before that. Right. And it was really sort of considered the mission of banks and investment banks to help corporations and sovereigns fool their creditors. <laughs> right. It was just an accepted fact of that's
1: part of what we do.
2: Yeah. And I think that other
3: countries did that, too, yeah. around
1: yeah, that time. Yeah, they were time. not unique. Uh, so, 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 yeah, so that... So, uh, uh, Is there also something more fundamental at work? I mean, was the government of Greece simply over a period of years spending way too much money, and whether it was in the form of wages to workers or pension benefits or other government expenditures? Were they living beyond their means? Well, yes, because they had current account deficits consistently
2: throughout. And uh, that is the measure of whether you're living beyond your means, We, as are we, I might add. <laughs> um, and there comes a day, and I'm not sure when ours is coming, but that, has, that can't go on indefinitely.
1: But let's talk a little bit now, if we can, about the austerity measures uh, that Greece is apparently going to announce on March 3rd, which is the day after we are taping our conversation. Uh, and I'll mention for our listeners that the, the online edition of the Wall Street Journal uh, reported today that on March 3rd, Athens would announce an austerity package of about $5 billion to cut its budget deficit this year. And according to the paper, the package was likely to include an increase of a, two percentage points in the value added tax, which is currently about 19 percent, uh, more cuts in civil service entitlements, a freeze in pensions. And higher duties and luxury on luxury items like boats and expensive cars and that sort of thing, uh the journal also said the government had plans to issue a ten year note to raise as much as six point seven billion dollars um, to give it some cash um, so we can't we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day, but given that report in the paper, would both of you think that that is sufficient?
3: Does it sound like a good step or not enough i mean It certainly sounds like a good step. I think the uncertainty is whether they will be able to to actually pull it through, like Dick said. I mean, I also hear that there is a strike that is planned by the civil servants. And uh, the question is whether they will actually have the political power to go all, all the way. Uh, Even before it.
2: this came to the fore, the Greeks were striking and rioting over uh, the slowness of the increase in wages and benefits and things. Uh It's a very unionized country with a very rigid labor structure. There are lots of um, restrictions for entry into certain kinds of professions. So I would guess that it's going to have a much harder time making these kinds of internal adjustments than Ireland apparently has done. Um, It's a plan that has all the right words in it, but I don't think anybody's going to run out and buy Greek bonds on the strength of it. I think they're going to wait and see how it happened, how it actually plays out.
1: So what what does that mean then? Does that mean that Greece is will be in greater danger of, of default? If if the market perceives that these measures aren't sufficient? I think it
2: depends on the kind of backup they get from the EU. The US the EU is tying itself in knots trying to figure out how to to support the Greeks without violating their own rules. So you have such bizarre behavior as, have, as asking their banks to buy more Greek debt, but guaranteeing it with government-owned banks, so it isn't directly state aid, although from a taxpayer's point of view, I don't see quite how they make the distinction, but um, both the French and Germans are talking in that direction. Uh, and you know, certainly in the case of Greece, they could amass enough to um, convince speculators that, that it was solid, but that's a very slippery slope because they can do it for Greece. They probably can't do it for Spain. They surely couldn't do it for Italy, Portugal maybe, but it, once you set the, the uh, um, precedent, it's just very hard to know where to draw the line. I think they would have been much better off leaving it to the IMF to apply an old-fashioned IMF program, uh, just as if it weren't a member of the EU. And, and why hasn't the IMF been involved? I have the impression that the EU's not wanted them interfering in EU affairs.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I I, th- I think a little bit of what, what is going on here is I, I think part of the concern is um, if there is no intervention, then the fear is that speculators might go after other countries as well, like Ireland or Italy or or, or Spain. Um, and I think this is why there is a little bit of pressure to sort of intervene. Um, I, th- I think you're right that they probably don't want the, the IMF to get into well, EU, I think there's EU some business. Hidden
2: politics involved To Dominic Strauss-Kahn, the head of the IMF, I think aspires to be uh, head of the EU at some point. And, uh, I think that's yet another bit of tension between the two institutions that might not otherwise exist
1: for uh, For listeners who don 't necessarily follow all the ins and outs of uh, of the European Union and uh, the the complexities of the, the difficulty that uh, that Europe had in adopting the euro ten or so years ago, explain if you can if both of you can take this question explain a little bit talk a little bit about how um, why because Greece is a member of the eurozone and uses the euro as its currency, why has that been why does that matter going forward for the other countries of the eurozone? What is the kind of the worst scenario that could happen uh that would affect other countries using the
3: euro? Greece itself is probably small enough that this may not have a direct effect on on the eurozone in in general. I think if and you can correct me if if you disagree but but I I, th- I think at the background the fear is really a fear of contagion that you know once one country goes down, um, other countries will follow. And, you know, you can think about va- various mechanisms at the background. There could be a mechanism of you just sort of learn ab- about the type of guarantees that, that are provided. Um, if, if Greece is not provided with guarantees, then other countries might not be provided with guarantees, and then speculators will find it easier to sort of go go there. Um, to me, it seems that th- this is one mechanism that, that is in place, because Greece is Small, um, uh, relative to the the union in general.
2: I guess I would mention two other aspects, although I certainly agree with with you in, in entirely. Um, one is its impact on the uh, accession states that are trying to decide whether or not to join the euro. And you've already seen in opinion polls that the problems that Greece is having uh, have persuaded a number of voters that, that they don't want to go there. They'd still like to be in the EU, but not part of the uh, the currency union. Um, the other thing that we don't know the magnitude of, which is a lot more worrying, actually, and could lead to a double-dip recession even in the United States, is the amount of of Greek securities that the European Central Bank has accepted as repo's. We know they were doing massive repos
1: and repos are
2: it's where um, banks will give them um, a uh, sovereign bond and they can in turn get cash well because even then the greek bonds were cheaper than the bund everybody repoed their greek bonds so it may be that the central bank is sitting sitting on uh, much of the credit risk we just don't know they haven't opened their books to tell us um, and that could lead to some longer-term problems for the euro. Uh, and I think simply the fact in, in losing a member uh, casts doubt on the permanency of the whole arrangement. After all, history has not been kind to this kind of union. I think the longest one that ever lasted was, what, 20 years? So uh, it, it's, uh, it would be a blow to the aspirations of the euro to become the international
1: currency to displace the dollar. So if, if for instance, uh, if there are officials in Britain who are glad that the U.K. did not join the euro when it had a chance, or if, if they're crowing now, and we don't, we don't know if they are. Well, they have problems of their own. <laughs> they, would, they would be worse had they joined the euro. But, but is this a vindication of that, of that school of thought, that, that joining the eurozone was not a good idea uh, from the get-go? Um I think from their point of view, it probably wasn't because the
2: dynamics of their economy is so much unlike that of the other large economies in Europe that uh, it would never have been quite the right exchange rate for them
3: yeah and and I think Greece is um, an example for why joining a monetary union could be a problem um, because they certainly would have more flexibility to deal with the crisis if they were on their own to. Devalue the the currency. So now they are basically locked in a situation where the only tool that they have is the fiscal policy. Sure, sure. Should should Greece have been admitted to the
1: euro zone at all?
2: That's a hard question because I think it's fundamentally political. And I think um, trying to to place Greece firmly in the in the camp of democratic countries is good for Western culture at large. So I I, I wouldn't want to answer it on purely economic grounds. Um, I don't know that joining the euro has done good things for the Greek economy. It has let them borrow at much, much lower rates than they otherwise could. But that's probably led to excessive leverage, which has put them where they are now. But it was yet another way to tie them into uh, the European
3: uh, adventure. No, I I certainly agree. I think that economically, um, this was certainly not the most natural thing to do. Um, but this was a political, just a political decision. I mean, you, to answer this question fully, you have to go back into why you, you wanted to have the European Union in, in general. And I think a lot of it is just politics.
1: Okay. Are there other countries uh, at risk of following Greece down this path? Um, for instance, uh, Dick, you've already mentioned Ireland. Yeah. Uh, there was a, an item in the Wall Street Journal a day or two ago about Japan, Um Facing up to a challenge with its massive debt, we all know the massive debt of the United States. You mentioned Portugal, Dick. Put this into context: is the Greek is the Greek crisis, follow, which followed the Dubai crisis, I think a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, are we kind of in a a period of of semi permanent instability with uh, in terms uh, of government? Well,
2: debt? you've got to remember, we're still, I guess soon the NBER will tell us we're officially out of the Great Recession, but it doesn't feel like it.
1: And that's the National Bureau of Economic Research. okay?
2: Um, And uh, I think that um, there is a real question about whether we may have a double dip in the United States because um, the household sector is not successfully deleveraged and um, it's usually the engine of growth and spending in the U.S., if um, we should be hit by a a shock to Europe, as I think it's possible Greek default could could cause, uh, I think it would be almost a sure thing we'd be headed for a double dip. Um, I certainly wouldn't put Japan in the same category as these countries. Japan is a very serious long-term problem, uh, partly because the uh, age structure of its citizens um, but they have huge reserves. I think it's, what, the third largest in the world or the second largest, perhaps? And so they're really, um, at this point, I think, in in no real jeopardy. Uh, their problem, I think, is to uh, try to figure out how to sustain an aging workforce without a growing population and without immigration, which, is, which could save them, but is culturally very hard for them to do. Um, in the case of... Greece I think there's one other thing we've left out which may be important and I don't know how important it is and the question is how much can the central government actually control because it is a very decentralized country fiscally and a lot of the debt is run up by the regions and the central government has no real impact on them so that the part of the debt the deficit that is uh, the government can actually control um, from one year to the next is relatively slight, which makes it particularly vulnerable. Now, Ireland is an interesting case because they have put in place a remarkable austerity program. It's, I mean, it's uh, really scary in terms of its uh, aggressive cut of just about everything. Yet, um, surprisingly, the Irish population has bought into it. But I think Another thing these countries had in common, and I'd put Spain in the same box, is that the interest rate policy that turned out to be the the, um, euro interest rate policy was much too low for each of these countries. That had they been on their own, they would have had a much higher interest rate, and uh, therefore they would not have uh, leveraged themselves nearly as highly as they
1: did. They just would not have been able to borrow as much money. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, more, if we can, about the about the role that derivatives have played in in masking hiding uh, a portion of of Greece's debt. Um, can both of you help our listeners understand what how these derivatives work and how they were how they were used in the case of Greece?
3: What what exactly happened there? I don't know those derivatives in and out. Essentially, this is just a, a debt swap. You have debt in in one currency you swap it for for debt in another in, in in different currency and you know depend depending on the exchange rate you can basically reduce the amount of debt that is shown in 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 the balance sheet um but then it it is kind of being replaced for liability that you will have to pay later on and and this is off the balance sheet and i think you know the the listeners are probably aware of what happened in in the us um, with firms like en- Enron and others, uh, I think it is very similar to that only uh, for countries rather than uh, firms in the sense that you have liabilities that are off the balance sheet. The uh, interesting thing is that the Eurostat, who is the
2: official keeper of records for European countries, apparently uh, sanctioned it and was well aware of it. Um, it's less clear that the and the buyers of the debt were. Uh, the other thing that's worried people a lot is the credit default swaps. And I'd say at this point, uh, the two most hated instruments. And it turns out to be true. Whenever anybody gets in trouble, are short sellers of the currency and uh, credit default swaps. Um, and it's sort of like blaming the messenger for the message. It's um, a, a economically efficient and convenient way for people to bet against. The government or our current policies. And governments naturally don't like it. But it's not at all clear that it's causing the problem at all. It may speed things up a bit. But um, for that reason, it may keep them from getting worse than they otherwise would have done.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that the credit default uh, swaps uh, came into the picture um, l- later in, in, in this current episode. And basically, what is going on now is that banks that think that Greeks, Greece is likely to default on the debt, they buy a lot of credit default swaps. And these credit default swaps basically entitle them to get money if Greece indeed defaults on the debt or renegotiates or, or whatever. Um, so basically it is a way to kind of bet against the country, just like... Uh, with short selling, you can bet against a firm.
2: That actually brings in the third bad man of uh, that, that all governments hate, and that's the hedge funds, because the hedge funds apparently uh, did buy a lot of credit right. default swaps a year ago. They saw this coming much faster than the banks did. Right.
1: And there's now selling them at, at fairly handsome markups and making a lot of money from it. Yes, there have been news reports uh, about that very thing recently, Dick. Uh, is that again is this just like criticism of short selling during our, during our own crisis back in 08 and early 09 is it is if you is it is it right or not right to criticize hedge funds for making a profit off the misery of uh, of a country like Greece
2: well i wouldn't say they were making it off the misery of a country like greece i okay. would say right. they were forcing the country to to face up to this set of facts that that they were unwilling to confront Just as you know, if you look back at the evidence of of, uh, stopping short selling on all of the U.S. banks, we made things worse for them because the liquidity in those markets dried up. Uh, None of them were saved. In fact, it probably prolonged their agony. So. but that's
1: the way it's often portrayed. Oh, is it absolutely! Not? Yeah. It's
2: easy. That's the easiest thing for a politician to do is to rant about hedge fund short selling and credit default swaps, and you can get count on cheers for every single one of those. But I, th-
3: fact I think there is—I there, there is, um, mean—there is a potential for a self-fulfilling prophecy um, using these instruments. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I certainly agree with Dick that. Um, short selling and credit default swaps they they serve some positive role but also one one has to remember that in in some cases they can bring a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy so basically what 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 would happen is suppose that people think that the uh, greek government is likely to default so they start buying those credit default swaps The price goes up, indicating that uh, a crisis is likely to arise, but this makes it then more difficult for Greece to um, get new debt, and this makes the crisis more severe. And I think this is the kind of mechanism that policymakers have in mind when they are worried about short selling. And I I don't think we can say that this is... But look at
2: what the alternative would be. If you held that view and were not permitted to use swaps, then you could easily do it with the debt. It's just a more efficient way to do it. I, I, uh, I agree with you that it's subject to manipulation with regard to small corporations where hedge funds have very large resources relative to the size of the market and they can play games with them um, in that event. But I think when we're talking about a, a major bank or a, a country the size of Greece, it's, it's much less plausible.
3: I think it is much more difficult, right? But we're still looking for evidence, I think, which is hard to find.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: One final question, Uh,
1: uh, maybe in two parts. One, I want to know uh, from both of you whether you're optimistic or pessimistic about Greece's um, chances of of getting its debt under control and moving forward. And secondly, um, what do you think will happen in in the short term, in the days and weeks to come? What are we likely to see in terms of maybe additional austerity measures that we haven't talked about uh, the reaction of markets uh, to to the austerity measures, um, the reaction of, of pensioners and uh, municipal government employees in Greece. Can, can you each uh, comment on that before we go? Well, I think that question has an obvious answer. We're going to see a lot more unrest. We'll
2: see many more strikes. We'll see uh, lots of public unhappiness. There's nothing pleasant about tightening your belt. Um, whether the Greeks have the political culture Um, and sort of fundamental legitimacy for the current government to to, um, successfully implement these measures, I'm afraid is sort of an open question. I hope they do. Um, It's much better for everybody if they do. But uh, it's not an especially placid population. On the other hand, I would have said that about the
3: Irish too. I was dead (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Okay. Itai, any final thoughts? I agree. I think think it's an open question. I think there will certainly be a a lot of unrest. And I think eventually what will happen depends on what happens also in other countries. I mean, it depends on what will happen with the recession in Europe and in in the US um, and and, and whether Greece will be able to get the the backups that it is hoping for.
2: Well, interestingly, in that regard, the the silver lining as far as the Europeans are concerned is that – it makes it sure that they're going to lag the U.S. in raising their interest rate. And so they're hoping it will drive down their exchange rate and make exports an engine of growth for Europe as a whole. Now, whether that helps Greece a lot is not so clear because um, they don't really play in that market in a big way. Um, But
0: for the rest of Europe, it may be very good news indeed. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton,